Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Pitch swung on, hit high and deep to left center. That ball is off the wall. Scoring easily from third is Jazlove. Digging for second with a stand-up double is Charlie Taylor. And Tennessee now leads it 6-2. First pitch, Taylor tees off. That's high left field. Tracking back is Hunter. Back at the track. Taylor unloads. Home run from Charlie Taylor. Taylor hits this one well in the left field. This is way back at the wall and gone. Upper decker for Charlie Taylor. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, we got the full crew back, and we got a good one. We got episode 19 coming at you. It's titled Chuck Taylor's Smoky Gray Edition, because we got the man himself, Charlie Chuck Taylor from the University of Tennessee baseball team joining us. Guys, I don't want to mess around. I, I SEC plays coming up. Like, we got a lot to unpack. We got a lot to talk about. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, University of Tennessee baseball star, Charlie Taylor. Our man Chuck, what is going on tonight? <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Tennessee baseball, it's always a blessing to get somebody from y'all's team. Y'all are amazing, uh, fun to watch. But before we get into anything, Tennessee, before we get into anything, your story, we got to break the ice, man. We got to find out about you. And, you know, if you answer these questions wrong, this episode just might get cut short. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we stand. But, you know, first, right out the gate, man, who's your favorite musician or band? Mm. Um, being in Knoxville, I'd say uh, Morgan Wallen has a pretty big presence. I'm sure that's a common answer. Nine out of ten. Um, Nine out of ten. It's also the right answer. <laughs> no, so so he's pretty good. I've I've kind of been a country guy my whole life. Um, my I always tell my dad that my walkout song right now is uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush, so I can tell. I can tell all the dads in the stands behind me are kind of bobbing their heads when I walk and, up. And I'm so. I'm that guy. I'm bobbing if I'm hearing yeah. that myself. So there we go. <laughs> you you won me back over after giving the same Morgan Wallen <laughs> answer that everybody else gives. So <laughs> usually we ask favorite movie, but ever since I saw the Oakland A's training camp video and they asked a bunch of grown men what their favorite Disney movie is, I've I've flipped the script. So Chuck, you got a favorite Disney movie? Disney movie. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think back of all the Disney movies. I used to like Cars when I was little. Um, I'm trying to think. That's a, you don't got to keep thinking. Cars is a solid enough choice. I, I think you yeah. that way. Yeah. But the real question is, what's your favorite baseball movie? Mm, uh, 
me and my I think one time for Father's Day, me and my dad watched uh they were showing Field of Dreams in theaters, like as a special special Father's Day thing. So that's that's always been my favorite. Solid. And the fact that he got to see it in theaters, boys, I mean, we didn't even get to do that. We ain't old enough for that. So <laughs> Or maybe we're too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, one of the things I read, man, was you've been to every baseball stadium, uh, MLB baseball stadium with your dad. I just want to know, I'm going to let Daniel talk more about that in a little bit, but I just want to know what your favorite one was and why. Yeah, so first, that's that's partially correct. We um, Our plan was to go to all of them before college, and then COVID kind of ruined everything. We had a trip to hit the last two were Oakland and Seattle. So kind of up in the northwest, but COVID kind of ruined that. So I think we're planning on hitting those this summer. Um, but I'd say from a like a historic standpoint, obviously the Fenways, the Wrigleys are really cool. But then I thought San Francisco was cool. I mean, you can't you can't beat having the bay right behind it. Um, I thought. Tropicana is pretty cool too. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not really. No, not I like uh, we we've always liked um, PNC the the Pirates one because we got to see uh, a Braves extra inning win there, so that was a, a bonus for us. Well, when you when you look at the list that where they grade them, you named the the two top ones are actually by most accounts are San Francisco and Pittsburgh. So, and then mm-hmm. of course you named the historic one. So I, you're naming all the right ones, all the ones that you I know what been. he didn't say. Bush. He didn't say Bush. It's all right. I, I, I like Bush. I like Bush. But but I Randy, I ain't gonna lie. Like I look at the pictures of PNC and San Francisco to his point, and they look way cooler. Yeah, I've seen. I've been to PNC. It's it's really nice. I haven't been to San Francisco, but uh, I'm still taking Bush, man. You know what I'm saying? If you went to San Francisco, Randy, are you going out there on a boat out in the water to catch home run balls? Is that how you're doing this? I, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Barry Bonds ain't trotting to the plate. He ain't, he ain't out there. So last one, and we'll let uh, we'll get into your story. But you know, March Madness is upon us. Uh, my question for you is: First, have you filled out a bracket? And if so, who do you got winning it all? I have. I haven't done enough homework on it as I need to, um, and I haven't done a bracket. But I think I think Alabama kind of seems like a machine this year. I hate to say it. Randy, I'll let uh, you address. Randy, I'll let you address this. Right, I'm not even going to touch this. Listen, Chuck, your answer is right because I did pick Alabama to win it too. But we had this discussion before the show. I said, "Is there any chance he doesn't pick Tennessee?" You proved me wrong, Chuck. I mean, you know, hey, but I don't want Alabama to win because if they win, that means karma does not exist. <laughs> I think by 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 you and me picking Alabama, I think we're giving the Bulls a better chance. There we but, go, baby. But the problem is the team that me and Daniel got picked to win it all stands in Alabama's way on their side of the bracket just in general. So Memphis is, is – oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Let's address this live. Daniel, you picked the Tigers to win it all. I did not. Okay. Oh, you didn't? No, that's – that's. I have a I have a simple rule for, for bracket picking, and it's I, I go to where I realistically think that they can make it, and they lose. I have them losing a round before that. Uh, I, I I hedge my bets, so to speak. 
Gotcha. Well, you I got him losing to Tennessee. I understand. I got him all the way. So I guess I'm winning. The, I guess I'm winning the money in the pool. If y'all want to go ahead and Venmo it over, I'm ready. You ain't even Venmoed your entropy yet. <laughs> no need. You'll send it right back. Yeah. All right. So, Chuck, man, let's get into your story. We got to start. You know, start this thing off from the beginning. So, um, tell me a little bit about where you're from. Yeah, so I'm from uh, Dunwoody, Georgia. It's it's probably 15 or 20 minutes north of Atlanta. Um, I got my dad, my mom, and then my little sister is at Alabama right now. So that's a conflict of interest. And then, so what's what's Thanksgiving like? What's that conversation like? How was how was that that football game? Did y'all y'all bring that up by chance? I think she's more concerned about just having fun than who wins the football game. So it's it's not too heated. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, because I, I, I could see I could see where that thing could go south real quick. But um, obviously, you you know, we hit on this earlier, but you talked about your dad and you spending time going to all every baseball stadium, every MLB stadium that there there was. Um, obviously, missed out on a couple. Um, is there any room in your family for me? I mean, I'll, 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 <laughs> sounds like a good trip to me. We might have to. We can bring you along to Oakland, Seattle, for the last hey, two. Hey, man, I I wish I could, man. I wish, <laughs> but um, let, let me ask this about those stadiums. How was that something that you guys planned a long time ago, or was that just like a like you know, a couple you know? obviously prior to COVID, but a few years before COVID, you're like, that's, this is our plan. I I, I think I'm assuming it was originally my dad's idea because I, I think I was too young to really think that far ahead when we started. So I'm trying to remember, obviously the, the Braves was probably the first one that we went to, but I think early on we did a trip where we went to like Detroit I'm trying to remember where else we were going that trip, but we we did a trip up there, and then we we went on a family trip in like middle school out west. So we did like um, Chase Field, um, Dodgers, Angels. So we've been working on it since I was probably like ten or twelve years old. Man, that's but that's actually like a short time span to to be able to like coordinate all that, especially mm-hmm. you know as we get into you know your career at baseball i mean you're preoccupied a lot with with a lot of that um but before we we leave this little topic what is one park that you guys went to that you feel like is maybe like a hidden gem that people wouldn't think is is a pretty cool place that you went to let's see I'll tell you mine. I went to Kauffman Stadium or what was Kauffman Stadium with the Royals. Mm-hmm. And that place is pretty nice. Like the fountains in the back, like it was it was pretty legit. I, I enjoyed that part. Most people wouldn't think to pick that, but that, that's on my list for sure. I, I feel like this this one's pretty highly rated, but um I like Petco Park a lot in San Diego. I mean the weather's nice. You there was kind of like a lot going on in the outfield like uh little pop-up shops and vendors and stuff so it was, and i like that 
whatever the brick building or restaurant is in left field. That's that's a pretty cool setup. When when I was stationed there, they were pretty bad at baseball, so you could get tickets for dirt cheap. <laughs> so I never have a problem with a beautiful bar ballpark that doesn't cost me much money. That's right. Definitely. So let's get into your, your baseball career. At what age did you start playing baseball? Um, I think it was as soon as I could pick up a bat. I think we were playing like church league t-ball or whatever it was at three or four years old. Was was that the only sport? Was baseball the only sport you played growing up? I played um, in middle school. I played baseball, basketball, and football. And then in high school, my or when I was in middle school, my high school coach was kind of like, hey, you can either play middle school baseball or travel baseball. And I was like, that was a no-brainer. The travel ball was way better competition. So I had a short uh, track career in middle school, too, just while, during the week to kill some time. Gotcha. I can knew you, you had some wheels, Chuck. Can you, the, wheels, can you... the, wheels, the wheels are coming off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, just wait. <laughs> I, I saw you grinding out a double not too long ago. You still I, got saw it. A tri- I saw a triple shoot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I just don't understand why you don't hit it over every time. I mean, jeez. <laughs> so can you can you still hoop a little bit? It's a it's a common question we ask you baseball guys that that say that you've played basketball. So I would say I was I was a pretty like in middle school I was pretty big and kind of filled out and muscular so. I think I led my team in scoring, and I don't think I made a shot outside of the paint or a free throw the whole year because I just I knew my jump shot was broke, so I was more of a flasher. Randy, so, we feel this it. guy 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You got to know your strength, man. Know your body. That's right. Oh, man, that's that's good stuff. So you, you mentioned, you know, kind of fine-tuning everything once you get to high school so where did you go to high school i went to westland it's a little uh private christian school um the smallest uh division or whatever you'd call it in georgia um but we were we were pretty good we never we were planning on winning the state championship senior year we had a, like drew jones was on the roster and a couple other pretty big names but COVID obviously uh, kind of messed that up, but it, it was a it was a good spot. That might be the best name drop for a high school teammate we've ever had on this show. I'd say, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, just to give the listeners a little a little bit about your career in high school, you helped lead the Wolves to a twenty seven and nine record in an appearance in the Georgia Class A private state semifinals as a junior. That was twenty nineteen. Also in 2019, you were Georgia Dugout Purview uh, Magazine Class A first team All State selection. In 2018, the same magazine, you were second team All State selection. You're a four four time All Region selection. 2017 to 2020, you finished your career in doubles with 40. You, in, in your high school history, just one shy of the record despite not even having a senior season, I'm, I'm assuming that you would have smashed that record had you had a chance to. Um, that, that, that was the plan. Yeah. So, you know, you 
you mentioned the club ball. You play with the Georgia Roadrunners. You were, you know, number 42 ranked player in Georgia by perfect game. Number 39 catcher in the nation by perfect game. Uh, 2020 perfect game preseason All-American and All-Southeastern region selection. Two-time perfect game preseason underclass All-American selection in 2018 and 2019. Um, you know, when, when we go through those accolades and we look at the just the contributions and what you did for high school and the club team, it, to me it seems like colleges would have been just like drooling over a guy like you from from the jump. But when did colleges start approaching you? Um, well, I, we didn't really have – I don't think anybody in my family has really played college athletics. So I don't think we had – I had anybody super close to me that, like, really understood how to get recruited or what what the process was like. So I had a couple coaches that kind of helped me, but um, – and the the guy whose doubles record I was trying to break, his name's uh, Colin Hall, and his dad is Danny Hall at Georgia Tech. So that was kind of the first, like, exposure I'd had to re the recruiting process was I kind of talked to Georgia Tech a little bit. But um, I really didn't have too much, like, traction or anything going on at the start of my sophomore year. So I sat down with my dad and we basically just composed this long email um, and sent it out to, I think it was like 30 schools, like any school that I could think of that I'd be interested in playing at. <clears throat> and we just kind of changed the, you know, the subject line and who we sent it to, um, depending on which team or coach it was. So around Christmas time, my sophomore year, we sent that out with a bunch of my, in, my information, my coach's information and, I think we might have got like two responses maybe and coach Elander at Tennessee was was one of them and he built a great relationship with me and kind of took it from there. So obviously, you know, we we know the selection, you know, coach Elander big, you know, factor in in that decision, but were there outside of Tennessee were there any other candidates that you were considering? So I, I we kind of went to uh, I talked to Georgia a little bit and Georgia Tech and we went to a couple other places to watch a game and maybe went down in the dugout and talked to the coaches but after Tennessee offered me I it was my only offer and we were kind of sitting there like well maybe we should wait and see what happens but then I kept going through and it was like my dad would ask me, well, if this place offered you, would you, you know, want to go there more than Tennessee? And every time my answer was no. So at, after about three weeks, we were like, why, what are we waiting on if we, if we feel like this is the right fit? So we just kind of went with it. So, I mean, obviously, you know, my next question was, well, why Tennessee? Um, obviously you, you could have probably pursued other, other options. You could have waited for other offers, but um, you mentioned the coach, you mentioned, you know, comparing it to other options, and the winner was always Tennessee. Um, why was Tennessee such a good fit for you? Um, I think I had a, a coach in, in high school ball tell me, like, you know, you don't always want to go to, like, the 
sexiest program or maybe they've got the best facilities or whatever. Because at the time, Tennessee wasn't anything close to a powerhouse. But what he told me was, um, you want to go somewhere where you feel like you've got a coach that is going to have your back and fight for you to get on the field. And I felt like I really had that in Coach Elander. And then every discussion I had with Coach V was just, I mean, his his vision for the program was was something that that you wanted to be a part of. So it was kind of an easy decision from that standpoint. Yeah, Chuck, we we kind of talked to a few guys about that. You know, uh, all, a lot of your teammates and your former teammates about when Elander and and to speak on that for just a second. We've talked about it here on the show. People that don't know the impact that Elanders had on the program are really missing out. And I think that unfortunately what that means for Tennessee fans and even Tennessee players is that eventually people are going to start coming with big enough opportunities that Josh is probably going to have to take a head job somewhere, but we won't talk about that today, but I want to talk to you about once you get there, right? You're now you're in Knoxville, you know, you're taking in all the classes. Hopefully you're getting to see some sporting events. How exciting was it for you? And what are the emotions you were feeling once you're on Rocky top? I mean, yeah, it's, it's the past three years. I don't think there's another university in the country that would have been more fun to go to. I mean, there's great. Obviously, the football team had an unreal season this year. Basketball, baseball have been doing their thing. Um, I think for me, it was I wasn't like homesick or anything, but it was very weird going from like lockdown COVID at home to coming here and it kind of being weird. So <clears throat> I think it was just an adjustment for me to how in life and on the baseball field, how fast things were kind of moving for a second. But I mean, they, <clears throat> my, my new teammates, my coaching staff did a good job at kind of saying, you know, Hey, let's, let's slow it down a little bit and just play baseball. You know, that's what you're here to do. And that, that kind of made the transition pretty easy. No, and I'm glad you touched on that because that's something that we probably don't talk about enough in general, the the mental aspect of going to college in general. But not only on top of that, you were coming off of COVID, which, by the way, we had been through a pandemic in our lives, and we're a lot older than you, so nobody knew how to deal with that. So the, that your next adjustment coming out of a pandemic is to move, you know, all the way away from the family that you've known. So I can only imagine the mental, you know, struggle that a lot of people would go through there. That was probably Andy, the same for you guys that have been there. Randy, we talk about, and it's specifically his his class, the group that missed their senior year of high school. Those are the ones that I feel the worst for because they miss out on their last year of high school. And then, like, to his point, then the next thing you know, you're in college, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, hours from home. But, one one other thing is I don't know how much you know about uh, Q, Quentin Everhart, but we uh, – so normally the, the upcoming freshman – come in like July and take a couple classes and basically Q just kind of puts them through the ringer for a month so when everybody joins them back in August those freshmen are kind of acclimated and they they know what to expect well when we got here like well first of all we got here late because we weren't allowed to come in the summer and then we got here and my room got COVID so we got sent home for another two weeks and we came back like September 1st and just kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit. So that was another thing on top of it. Yeah. 
Uh, and obviously, we've had uh, the governor, Connor Pavaloni, on our podcast several times. So you get to come in talking about all this kind of mental struggle. But to have a veteran like that at the position that you play, um, I mean, what's that role like? Because it just looked to us or to, to me, especially just watching him, that he just kind of can look like in control all the time. And look, man, this dude's he looked like a glamour shots kind of guy. They had snow falling in his videos. I mean, was he always that in control at all times as easy as it seemed? I think, I mean, he's he's probably the guy that I've learned the most from since I've been here. Uh, that My freshman year, I wanted to come back early after Christmas break, and they were kind of being weird about getting back into the dorm. So he was like, you know, no questions asked. He let me stay in his house um, and, and get some work in, like, early or late December, early January. Um no, but he's 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 unreal. He's uh, kind of a just a good leader back there. The pitchers love throwing to him, um, and I'm I'm excited to watch his pro ball career. Randy, what a house to get to move into because we know who lived there. So <laughs> yeah, we talk we, about we Cheese know. and Liam. What's up? We had Jesus, that whole house Jesus. on the podcast. Cheese is probably the funniest guy I've ever met. He is really funny, and we had him and his brother on here. That was quite the episode, but uh. But so from everything that you kind of talked about, you know, with coming off of COVID and kind of the struggles that not only you, I'm sure a lot of your teammates were kind of going through, what's the one thing you took the most from that freshman first semester? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'd say kind of what I was saying earlier is like, and we we're talking about this going into SEC play, sometimes you you make it out to be this this big, scary thing like, you know, all these guys, this guy's going to get drafted this summer or, you know, this guy's BP is unreal. But at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the bases are still 90 feet away. It's, it's still baseball. So over the course of that fall, I kind of settled in and realized, you know, okay, this is – the talent is way better, but this is the same game I've been playing my whole life, you know. No, Absolutely. So you kind of talked about it, that Tennessee wasn't quite the powerhouse, obviously, that you know, you guys have built it into, but they were well on their way. So the fact that, you know, Tennessee makes Omaha your freshman year, what did that mean to you personally? I know that you're not seeing the time, you know, that you probably wanted to see, but just talk about how fun that group was to be around and what that meant for the program moving forward. Yeah, so I, I had a, a pretty good fall my freshman year, and I was – kind of hoping to get some playing time. Um, but after one of the early midweeks, I talked to Coach V about red shirting and stuff like that. So basically I would be the bullpen catcher. And then on Mondays, I would just, I would catch all kinds of live ABs and get a couple ABs for myself in there. But um, one thing that I'll forever be grateful to Coach V for is he, uh, he let me travel to every game the entire season. So, you know, every SEC road trip we went on, I was there in the bullpen. Um, he traveled me to Omaha, and I was down there in the bullpen getting guys ready to go in the game. So, I mean, it was fun getting to play last year a little bit. And this year is obviously cool getting, you know, a little bit more of a, a prominent role. But it's hard to top that freshman year going to Omaha, even though I, I never saw the field. No, absolutely. I mean, 
just from talking to some of your teammates, I mean, they everybody, you were definitely a part of the team, right? You're, you've been a, kind of on the pulse of this team since you got there. But talking about the last year, you obviously a little bit of limited action, but you came in in some really big-time situations, Alabama State, Campbell, Notre Dame. So what was it like for you? Obviously, you know, we kind of know the situation with Evan and all that. He's we're a great friend of the show. We love that guy. Um, but for you, you know, the game still got to be played. So Evan's dealing with his thing. You're stepped in. What does it mean to you personally to get that time? It's next man up. And what did that mean for you, for the coaching staff, to put that faith in you to be able to step in? Yeah, I mean, I remember after the game, it was kind of a crazy feeling, like just a lot of emotions kind of running through me. But uh, before the game, we obviously – I got to the field, saw my name in the lineup, and – I mean, I was I was so nervous. I don't think I ate a bite of food the rest of the day, but um, no, that was that was cool to get in there. And I think one thing that was cool was uh, I think Drew Gilbert called me uh, when when we kind of knew that I was going to be in the lineup, and he said like, "Look, we don't need you to do anything special. We don't need you to you know try and be Evan Russell. We need you to just be Chuck. You know, do what you do." Uh, lead our pitching staff and and we're going to do our thing you know so that took a lot of pressure off me that not that I thought I had to go out there and hit two grand slams but it was just like you <laughs> why know, not yeah it was <laughs> it was just we're going to be fine I'm going to do what I do best and we're going to win this game and I love that he said that Randy because he continues to speak to the character that we know about with Drew that everyone seems to not really understand <laughs> well uh, yeah opposing fan bases do not understand Drew Gilbert as a teammate, but everybody that's played with him, and even some guys that played with him in Team USA or whatever, they all talked about the character of the guy. He's been on here a lot of times. He even cut a target short, a target trip short to talk to us one time. So I'm a big fan, as it is. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about a moment in particular, uh, Chuck, when you know the fans and Lindsey Nelson are chanting your name. You know, maybe it was a little bit of a struggle. You talked about how nervous you were. First time seeing action, it's in a huge moment. What were your emotions like when they're chanting your name, man? And I mean, because for me, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck, man. That was a hell of a moment. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, I, we've talked to. I talked to some of my teammates about it. I'm not sure that many people have gotten a louder ovation than that. No way. Just yeah, no a, way. Just such a random uh, time and sequence of events for it to happen. So. You know, I was kind of in the box, like trying to soak in the moment, but also trying to be like, okay, let's, you know, collect yourself a little bit and put together a good AB here. That's what I was going to ask you too. Where, did you have to really soak that in after that kind of happens? Because in the moment, you're right. You got to think about what's my approach. What am I going to be seeing here? But how cool, man. How awesome is that? A moment that you'll remember, you'll tell your kids about this. When and instead of seeing stadiums, you're going to be like, but this one time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to me, that just shows that, that the fans, a lot of people talk about Vol Nation. It is what it is. And they are a little crazy. Everybody knows that. But for them, I think feeling the, that they needed to show you some support, maybe they felt some nervousness, whatever it was, it's a tough situation coming in for Evan Russell. All the talk on ESPN about why Evan was out and then to step up in that moment, I thought that was cool, the crowd, to do that. Well, Randy, and, that's why know, when it comes to the stadium capacity, the people who automatically argue the stadiums that hold more – um, give me six thousand electric versus ten thousand monotone. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. Well, this this is the other thing about Lindsey Nelson too is it's not it's not as much like a uh, 
a big league stadium where it feels like everybody's out there on an island. It's more like like people are right on top of you. Like if you're on deck for the opposing team, some fracture could be in your ear. Um, and so, I mean, you, you hear everything that goes on inside the stadium. So I think, I think that's cooler than having everything kind of spread out. You know, Tony V talked about that too, when he was talking about building the new stadium and everybody just automatically assumed there was going to be 10,000. He said, I don't want that. I want 5,500, 6,000 because I don't want to lose the hornet's nest atmosphere. And if you've never been to Lindsay Nelson, you don't understand that. Because, it look, I'm not here to argue. Duty Noble is amazing. Bomb Walker, amazing. Alex Box, amazing. But there's something special about Lindsay Nelson and just the way that it's configured. So I hope they don't lose that when they get the new fancy digs. But, Charlie, speaking of Tony V, he, he came on the show and he talked about how important it was for each team to establish, you know, their own identity. So while obviously, you know, you guys have – nothing but respect for the previous two teams. How important it, How important was it for you guys to establish your own identity coming into this season as your own team and kind of your own your own pace? Yeah, I think it was, it was kind of weird because everybody recognizes that last year was, was so great and there was so many just things that we did that probably won't, may not ever happen again. Yeah. So it, it was kind of a a task in itself to to separate the two at first, and then it we kind of had a a couple obstacles at the beginning too, with Maui being out for a little and Griff being suspended and just just a couple other just weird things. But I think you're starting to starting to see a little bit of that team identity form, and it's it's not it's definitely not completed right now and we don't want it to be I think we want it to to be kind of peaking at the right time in June not in March but I think that all of these these series that are upcoming in the SEC are going to be dog fights and it's going to be good for us to to kind of you know maybe maybe take some punches and kind of along the way figure out what what that 2023 Vols team identity looks like. No, I agree 100%. So, speaking of identities, we've seen some really cool stuff. The daddy hat, the fur coat. Who came up with the lightsaber idea? Well, that, that was one thing I was going to say. That, that's kind of a another way that we were saying, okay, the daddy hat's cool and the, the pimp coat and all that is cool, but we kind of need to, to do our own thing and, and have our own flavor. So, I think – I think Jared Dickey's a big Star Wars guy. I don't I don't really remember who else, but somebody had a lightsaber in the locker room and we were kind of just messing around with it. So I'm I'm not sure if that's what we'll stick with this year, but for now that's kind of the direction we're headed. Look, man, I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I love watching you play. I love all those guys on the team, but there's not a better picture than Kyle Booker when he's got the lightsaber in the dugout. It's just the whole ambiance. You got you guys behind him. I mean, that picture if I could get it blown up and put up behind me in place of uh, Sun Studios, I would. But I ain't got that kind of loot. Well, but, I'll tell you, Randy, you know, I, like, you know me, I watch as many Tennessee games as I can, and I happen to miss that one. And so when I start seeing on Twitter, y'all talking about lightsaber, I'm lost. I'm like, because I hadn't right. seen the picture yet. I'm just seeing them so talk hard. about it. And I'm like, what are they talking about? It was so hard, man. So let's get into you, man. This year, February 22nd, you made sure you wanted to come into the season strong. Alabama A&M. You arrive. You go four for five, two home runs, a triple, five RBIs, 
three runs. Look, man, you've come down a long road. You went through your struggles. You came in in some big moments. So to start the season off like that, what was that like? Talk to us, baby. I mean, that was it was kind of like it was cool to, you know, get the, the starting job on opening day. That was awesome. Big confidence boost. But still that whole weekend, it was I felt like kind of people were just waiting for me to, you know, to fail or to get out or whatever. And I, I know that's not the case internally with the team, but it it was I mean that that one night with you know when I just hit the homer instead of going for the cycle, I said, screw the cycle. Um, oh, we, li- was, we were live texting about it, Chuck. <laughs> that was, uh, I think it was kind of just a big confidence boost to be like, okay, this is, you know, I don't have to try and be Superman. I just have to go out there and trust my preparation and try and put together quality at bats. And that's, that's going to be good enough when I, when I combine it with my defense. No, 100%. So, listen, you kind of talked about this, kind of taking some punches. Um, you guys, you talked about starting the season. Maui's out. Griff is suspended from a, an incident from the previous year and the previous team. But a couple early losses to uh, Grand Canyon and Arizona uh, and then BC. What I think, and this is just me talking as a fan. This, I'm not speaking for you. But people that are casuals in baseball, and that's not on this show, don't realize the level of teams that Grand Canyon is, Arizona is, and Boston College is. I mean, we're talking about teams that are regional teams, super regional teams. Boston College, they come in, they beat you guys, then they go take two out of three from Virginia Tech. So for those that don't know, obviously you guys expect to win those games, Chuck, but, I mean, you guys, you said it. You want to take some punches and figure out how to respond now and not in the super regionals when a 39-year-old Notre Dame team comes in there. So are these lo- – look, losses aren't good losses, right? We know that. But can these teach you something early on how to respond late? Yeah, I mean, I I think – you can you can kind of rep it and practice all you want or talk about it or watch videos about it, but there's no substitute for the real thing and experience in it. And, um, you know, there's no substitute for, you know, me picking up a bunt against Grand Canyon and maybe looking up and not seeing Blake Burke there and seeing Christian Moore. And instead of just setting my feet and making a good throw, I got a little sped up and just kind of choked the thing. or you know, a couple other maybe miscommunications that we had in certain games. There, there's no substitute for those experiences. For those experiences, so you know, sometimes the best thing to do is to have them early and to learn from them. And the more kind of those experiences that you have, the more things you have in your toolbox later in the year to say, hey, you know, we've I've been here, we've been here. This is no big deal, you know. Yeah, but for those that don't watch it, man, those are some dudes on those teams, man. I mean, those those teams are talented, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they uh, look. It's baseball, like you said. They're playing the same game, and they're trying to beat y'all. Y'all y'all are not the hunters as much anymore as you're the hunted, right? I think our mentality is always to be the hunters. I knew you'd say that. We've had that that come up. So I wanna I wanna ask. Obviously, everybody knows about the stable of pitchers. You know, Jim and I and DB. DB is a pitcher, so he's always gonna be on the pitcher side. But Jim and I've been telling everybody on social media that this was the best staff in the country, and I really do believe that. From Friday, Saturday, Sunday to a Monday, Tuesday, play a game on a Wednesday Man, morning. Xander still, would be a Friday night starter for ninety five percent of on America. most teams. So, but we know about the arms, the offense. Maybe there's been a little bit of um. 
I think you said it. Maybe it's not that they've been stalling or you guys have been stalling. Maybe it's just that there's a constant comparison to last year, and maybe we shouldn't expect that. We shouldn't expect 10, 12 runs a game, but just talk to us about the pulse of the team offensively because it looks like they're coming into form a little bit, you guys are. Going into SEC play, what's the pulse of the team? Uh, I think 100%. You nailed it. I think that kind of like I was saying earlier, I'm I'm trying to think, but I'm pretty sure the only two – guys on the team that have put together a full season of at bats of you know 200 plus ab's are griffin and zane and the whole lot and i guess maui too um but outside of that you know whether it's dickie or burke or simo with they had some in, injuries or you know they weren't starting every game there's not a single guy on that team who has or on our team who has kind of been through the ringer um, of a of a full season before. So I think, you know, early on we're, we're kind of learning some things, but I, I, I'm excited about how quickly we're learning them because you're seeing uh, some some young guys put together some really good ABs. Um, Dylan Dryling looks like a professional up there already. Um, but I think we KT. have – KT. Oh, my Rick. gosh, yeah. My God, that guy can do yeah. I think we have all the confidence in the world heading into SEC play, and we're excited to, you know, to kind of get in a dogfight every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Listen, well, Rand- one last question before I turn it over to Jim. I'm sorry, I told him to go ahead, but well, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, again, you can go ahead and ask this too. I, did the the offense not increase once Maui also got, which really just shows the effect of of how good Maui is once he got in the lineup. I think it was obviously he's just a talented player, but then. Everybody loves him too, so just having him in the lineup is another another guy that everybody on the in the dugout is rooting for, and you know I think he just makes everybody around him better. I got to ask one last question. So obviously, you know Tony V going back to Missouri, you know where he was a player, uh, and the word was that they you know didn't really offer him the job. Does this mean any more, or is this just business as usual this weekend? I, I don't know that, that he would let on if it did mean any more to him. I think he, he treats every every game like it's game seven of the World Series. But um I think I think our team and, and him definitely take some pride in, you know, starting the season off at a at Missouri where you know, I don't know if you've seen the forecast, but it's it's, it's gonna be chilly this weekend. I think we we kind of embrace the role of going on the road to start SEC play and not the most ideal conditions and, you know, kind of trying to go in there and take that place over. See, Absolutely. the key is you just hit more bombs, you wear the fur coat, and then, you know, it's not <laughs> so cold anymore. That's right. That's right. But, no, man, I wish you, you know, obviously Randy is the Tennessee fan, but I and Daniel wish y'all nothing but the best of luck. Outside of March 30th through April 2nd, when y'all come to Baton Rouge and play my Tigers, I root for y'all every single game. Uh, wholeheartedly, Randy's seen me. I've been at, man, I've been at Swayze. I've been at Starville wearing Tennessee gear and off the bench gear. Like, I, I, I love you, dude. So, I, I root for y'all outside that weekend. Um, and I hope y'all get smacked because the way Randy's been talking to me. <laughs> Hey, but, we'll both be there, Chuck. We'll both be in Baton Rouge together. The podcast will be represented two of the three of us, so like sixty six point seven percent. Daniel, we're gonna have you know we're gonna have to just have Daniel on Facetime. He's gonna be there. We'll have it. We'll have it going. <laughs> we'll throw him in the bullpen. He, look, he I don't think he's gonna move off this comfortable little setup. He's got. He'll be chilling. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm good. I'm. I'll, I'll put it on. I'll stream it right here. But enough. But enough of that. We're gonna get to the game that we play with every guest, and man, it's fun. It's it's really a chance for everybody to get to know uh, even more about you. Obviously, we did a little bit with the icebreaker, but it's called this and that. We give you two options. You choose one or the other. Uh, you just can't say neither. You can't say both. You down to play? Let's do it. All right, man. Would you rather have the ability to teleport, or would you rather own a time machine? Teleport. If you could just teleport out of out of where you're at right now to somewhere, where are you going? Maybe this to this. Well, I guess that's time travel. Damn. Uh. Ooh. Is it is it cold right now there? I, I would imagine you might want to hit the beach. Yeah, you might want to yeah. hit the beach. Yeah, maybe the beach. That's a good answer. All right, so this one's an interesting one. We we got this from the Savannah Bananas, is it, so that's why it's a little off the wall. But if your only mode of transportation was a donkey or a giraffe, which one are you taking? I think a donkey. I, I'm not sure I'm tall enough to climb up on a giraffe. <laughs> but if you were like, you were trying to, you know, as Daniel said, if you were just trying to show out, Rolling in with the giraffe would be the way to be. But if you're trying to be practical and actually get from A to B and not be uncomfortable, the donkey's the way to go. Maybe a, a little blue collar, too. <laughs> exactly. So this will be an interesting one, man. Uh, would you rather be the strongest person in the world or would you rather have the ability to fly? I'd say the ability to fly. You don't want to be the strongest person in the world, Chuck? Yeah, I mean, sometimes those those uh, what strongest men in the world do freak me out a little bit. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Plus, if I get into a fight, I'm flying away. I ain't got to okay. deal with this. Yeah, they both agree with you. They both would rather fly. I got a I got an ego problem. I like to lift all the weights in the gym. So if you give me that ability, I'm I'm going that route. So this next one, if I was a Tennessee player, this would be the hardest question you would ask me. Man, what do you like more, the smoky grays or the dark mode uniforms? Oh, I, I think the dark mode. It's just I, I feel like there's something about rolling out there in black uniforms that, that gives everybody a little extra juice. I mean, no doubt. I mean, the, the first time they unveiled those and we saw them on social media, I was like, my God. And y'all were already killing everybody as it was. So it was like like they needed something else to just make them more badass. I was like, okay, then. And your grays are already sick. Like, I mean, so Tennessee definitely has the uniform game on lock. There's, there's no argument here from an LSU fan. I'll tell you that. Um, here's, here's the interesting question. We asked this same question to Evan Russell last year. Harder to catch, Chase Dolander or Chase Burns? Um, they're both making it pretty easy on me this year, but I'd say, ooh, I'd and say, it's not a it's not a knock to either of them, man. Both nasty, no. but one one's probably harder than the other. I, I mean this in a uh, this is a compliment to to Chase Burns, but sometimes he throws the hell out of that fastball and accidentally cuts it a little bit. And it's, I mean, good luck as a hitter hitting that one. But that's kind of one that you got to be locked in on because at the last second it'll kind of just cut a little bit at, at 99 or whatever it is. I think that's the right answer because he told me, Daniel, Randy, <laughs> yeah, he Evan said he couldn't sleep the night before he had to catch Chase thinking about what he might have to deal with. All right, so this next one. I'm going to preface it before I ask it by saying 
you're screwed either way, but which way do you want to go about it? Would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or by a tiger? The, I think the thing about the tiger is it's just got the, the speed, you know, and the, I don't know. I Like you said, I don't think I have a shot against either, but maybe I can get lucky and hit a weak spot on the grizzly bear or something. But that tiger, I mean, he's on me like that. You, talk, you talked about having wheels earlier running track. What if I told you one of your teammates said that he would outrun the bear? And the bear runs 35 miles an hour to – to be exact. So Christian Scott told us he had no worries because he was going to outrun the bear. You believe this? That, that sounds about right. Blake Burke, it's, however, it's said ridiculous. he was going to play. Blake Burke, however, said he was going to play dead. And Randy had to remind him that he was as big as a bear, man. Battle that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Plus, his mama would come in and help him, man. That's her baby. I'm scared of Natalie Burke. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Blake Burke, that was the perfect segue. Blake Burke, over or under 25 home runs? Over. Got up and now. Over or under 35 home runs? <laughs> well, I know he came on here and he confidently answered it himself, and he's given me no reason to not believe it. But My we, man taking days off, man. We can't have that. He could have hit two the other night. <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, he gotta, he's got to make way. The other, other dudes need to share share the wealth. But this is the this is the staple question. This is the last question, and I'll let you off the hot seat. Would you rather betray your best friend or go to jail for five years for a crime you did not commit? Go to jail. Oh, Daniel, tell him. Look, Chuck. Let, let me let me be real with you. These two dudes are my best friends. All right. And if it came down to jail or betraying these dudes man the, the knife is going in the back like it's going hard it's going deep and i ain't caring because chuck this man said he wouldn't even go in the interrogation room for us nope, no it I, was them those guys i ain't no I, ain't, I ain't even spending i ain't spending five years five months five weeks five days i'm not even going into the parking lot daniel daniel i don't believe you i think you would give i don't i believe you about a lot of that but i think you might give me a week like I try, think, I think, I think you do. Try, it. try me. You know I might. I mean, <laughs> try I, me. As a matter of fact, it might be next time I go to Swayze. So get ready. <laughs> You're on your own, pal. You're on your own. <laughs> They're gonna call me and tell me. They say, "What do you know about Jim Cross?" I'm gonna be like, "Who? How much? How much time you got? <laughs> let, let me let me lay it all out there for you." So. Chuck, man, it's it's been a blast, dude. Anything before you roll? Anything you want to plug or promote? Uh, SEC baseball starting this weekend. That's right. SEC play opens up this weekend. I'll help you out a little bit. If you want to know more about Charlie Taylor, the man, the myth, the legend, go on over to Instagram at Charlie Taylor underscore 10. Or if you want to see what he's doing on the diamond, going over to at vol underscore baseball. If you're not social media, but you love baseball, by all means, this weekend, go on over to SEC Network at 7 p.m. on Friday, at 3 p.m. on Saturday, and 2 p.m. on Sunday. They're traveling to Missouri. They got the Tigers opening up SEC play, man. Charlie, good luck this weekend. I wish you guys nothing but the best. If there's anything we can do for you, man, just reach out. 
appreciate it. Thank you all for having me on. Absolutely. That's Charlie Taylor, everybody. We are going to take a quick break. We got to promote our sponsors. When we come back, we got March Madness. We got SEC play opening up. A lot to talk about and unpack. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We've got some headlines for you. Leading off, we got March Madness, guys. It's it's here. Um, we have the two uh, or the the two nights of the the play in games, uh, four games total. Um, you know, once that those are wrapped up tonight, we got the sixty four that are going to duke it out for the national championship. So. I guess, you know, getting started into it, we'll we'll start with with Memphis. Um and and Randy, this is I I didn't write the rundown. I'm just going going by what what's first. Um I I think before we get into their tournament, their seeding, I think it's important to kind of backtrack a little bit to how they got there. Um obviously go on a on a, a winning streak, so to speak. Um in the AAC tournament and really the best that I've seen them play. And I, I don't know about you guys, but that even the, the losses to Houston, um, you know, those in combination with the wins to close out the regular season and then just the tournament in general, um, the best parts, maybe not complete games, but best halves of basketball that I've seen them play in a really long time. Randy, you you have a chance to watch any of those games? Oh yeah, man! I watched I watched all of them, at least parts of them. And I think you're right. I think that, and I've said this for a long time in college basketball. If you have the bucket getter that you say like give him the ball and get the hell out of the way, and that is what Memphis has with Kendrick. I think that he is one of the best players in the country. Does not get the recognition outside of the city that he deserves. Um, but that team is really tough because you got. Obviously, DeAndre, and you got McCadden, and you got Lawson, and all those guys. But and it's not talked about nationally. But everybody sure talked about it nationally when Penny was not doing what they thought he should do. This has been Penny's absolute best coaching job of his career, and to me, it cemented him, and it should cement him with all these national pundits, these experts that he belongs at this level and he can excel at this level with a team that didn't have a lot of fanfare coming into the year. Did you so? They they win the championship without you know having to play against Marcus Sasser and Player of the Year you know All American I mean yeah like fine all right cool I don't think he makes a difference in that game no because it's Houston has a they are like eight or nine guys deep of the same dude yep and I'm, that's, that's not a slight it's exactly what I was thinking and it it's he doesn't have to be. Kendrick date the way Kendrick Davis has to be for Memphis. He might have games like that, but Mark Shed, those dudes can all do the same thing. You know, so it's 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 crazy. I don't think I think it was just destiny that they Tigers are gonna win that game. Um, I do too, but can we talk about the fact that, you know, remember the last couple of years how every 
single national person was just calling Penny out and that he doesn't know how to coach and he's not this and he's not that. And now that they did it, it's like, well, you know, Marcus Sasser didn't play or, well, you know, Tulane did beat him twice. I'm like, come on, man. What's a guy got to do to get a little respect around here? I mean, they didn't give him any favors. They, they, they're an eight seed, which I, I actually no, hold on. I had a dispute on that. I was hoping this would get brought up and I was hoping that y'all would agree with me. Had they got moved to a seven I and I'm not going to take credit for this because I listened to them talk about it on the radio. Had you gotten the seven, you would have had the hardest two matchup, uh, assuming that you beat the 10. Where, where they fell in the eight nine, they got the favorable one in most people's opinion. Is that yeah. fair? I do think it's fair, but I think that – I agree the matchup's probably better with Purdue than Marquette, but I think that – my question is, with the amount – I mean – should they have even been on the seven eight line? Yeah, why not five six line? Yeah, that because that that's what doesn't make sense. Um, and once again, I'm gonna talk. National radio kept talking about how most bracketologists had them already as an eight going into that tournament. So to your point, does not beating the number one team and winning that tournament at minimal get you seven, if not like you said a six? Yeah, well, but, I think that we've seen that the actual the conference championship games don't factor into your seating at all, and it's hogwash. Why even play them? They yeah. mean nothing to you as seating. Unless you're a bubble team that needs to win the conference championship, the seating does not matter. And I yeah, think that's I, bullshit. I think so, too. And I, I Daniel, don't were, you, were you significantly disappointed when you saw, saw that they were an, an eight after winning that? No, because I had a I had a... Uh, sneaky feeling that they were going to wind up in that that spot just because in the past couple of years the conference tournament hasn't really meant anything and if you take their resume for what it's worth outside of that conference tournament it's it's not it's it's an eight or nine like but it, you it said really it hasn't is. meant anything but let me ask you this flip let's flip it to either of you guys who want to answer it. if they would have lost in the first round of that tournament they would have oh, dropped they would have got held accountable if, I well, totally agree. i'll say this if that conference championship game would have been at one o'clock and not three o'clock that's probably true that might have made a difference too so but if you I'm look at it, glad to be dancing again in a in a position. And, th- and think about it last year in the eight nine, we we almost knocked off Gonzaga in the second. I mean, we had them on the ropes. I mean, Memphis and this team feels like a better team that I'd put my money on than last year. So you can't be scared of anything in front of you. No, they're no. not. But I want to bring up something. I'm talking about resumes. If you look at their resume, Ken Palm, they're like 18 in the net. I think they're 23rd. They're four and four against quad ones. I mean, I don't – I mean, they only have one. They have one quad three loss, and it was a bad loss, i I got to say. But only one. You're seven and one. You're four and four, quad one, nine and three in quad two, seven and one, quad three, six and oh in quad four. To me, if you look at the teams right around them, that's where I have the issue with the eight seed because I think that, that they hold the conference against them. But Penny went out and played against Vanderbilt, and I know they didn't make the tournament, but they went on a hell of a run. They beat Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. They beat Texas A&M. They played down to the wire with Alabama in Alabama, who everybody's got picked to win the Dagum championship. So, in my opinion, they're better than an eight seed. I'm cool with where they landed because I think that it lines up well with them, for them, but I think they're better than an eight seed. I mean, right. if you if you take the two the two losses to Houston, 
and the loss to Alabama, the total was like six or seven points. Agreed. Like you, you beat an A and M team, but was in the handily, championship. Handily, yeah, handily. And and did you hate Randy? Is because obviously you're a Tennessee fan, but you want to see success from Memphis, and so. How much did you hate it to see them in the same region? Man, I I did hate it, but I I knew they were going to do it. They last time both were in the tournament, which was back like I think when Bruce Pearl was there, they did the same thing. And I don't know that they will say that it's geography, but I think they're trying to set up those possible rivalries maybe in there. But I mean, both of them have to win some hell of a game before they get there because I mean Tennessee would have to play Duke. Memphis I know, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't our, like our, your your dream scenario as as some as a Memphis native and a Tennessee fan would be for them to match up in a Final Four, not earlier oh, than that. You know what I'm saying? I, I would you know? love it, and that's when I'll hate yeah. both of you, mother. Oh. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, because that's a that is a win win scenario for you. Me and me and Daniel don't root for Tennessee basketball. You still root for Memphis basketball. If Tennessee lost and Penny was able to get to a championship, you wouldn't be sad one bit, and I know it because you love that guy and you believe I in do. that program. I do. Believe, I love Penny, but man, I don't want to hear no more F. Rick Barnes. Okay, Penny. we ain't said it. In a, we ain't said it in a long time, and we won't. Hey, so we'll, I, hey, we'll shout I, out Miss Knight instead. We we go back to that. No, all right. So let's let's think about let's talk about the matchup. FAU, um, thirty-one and three. I think the record itself is a rash. It's it, it's impressive the numbers thirty one and three those that's that's impressive. Randy Stad um, dropped them on Twitter. Out, outside of that, they played no one, and I don't want to get into the the calling them frauds and all that. And, and they are. I I got you, but all I need Memphis to do is show up and play play basketball. That's it. I had a play, guy play come at me. I had I didn't FAU's got fans. Did y'all know that? Yeah, because that's where I saw you stat drop. There was two two FAU fans. They called me a casual. So I had to drop <laughs> it on them. They've won 25 games against quad three and quad four. They have not beaten a tournament team. I, I found out today they did because the play-in game, they beat a 16 seed. They, I mean, they've beaten up on the UABs, who, by the way, they're an NIT team. They're playing tonight. So congratulations, FAU. By the way, FAU. You, you lost to Ole Miss, who fired their coach because they were so bad. FAU has not played a team. Memphis will absolutely engulf them like a boa constrictor athletically. They are going to be running with their tongues out by the time the second half rolls around. Memphis by 25. The, the only thing that worries me is FAU has, has a big guy, and he's probably their best player. And any big guy that has any – Similance of skills, Memphis has a tough time with. You know but, what worries me, and I'm being serious when I say this: they shoot thirty-seven and a half percent from three. three. Yeah. Man, that'll that, keep you in any game. That'll keep you in a game. So, I mean, I, 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 I fully expect Memphis to win. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's close. Um, and hopefully, you know. We out out athletic them if that's that's a phrase or a word. Um, speaking what of what we do, speaking of phrases and words, do you guys know in this year's tournament what the buzz phrase is? Hmm. It's rock fight. Everybody's saying the matchup's going to be a rock fight. Gonna Trust me, fight. just, just you, you're going to hear it. 
over the next two days, you're going to hear it a thousand times. Watch. Dude, my, so, my favorite before we moved to Tennessee, Daniel, because you weren't on there last night. So we had a couple of Mississippi State fans. Um, they didn't even watch the basketball game because, because they said they they, they were already going to focus on baseball because they knew the outcome before it happened. And sure enough, they lost. That's not hey, that's not very good fans. But DJ, they, DJ had a chance, and I was hoping wide open but, to but, win, but, win the game and. And they didn't make it, but that that was and that was Lounge's point this morning. He said, "I knew they would just fail us." It, it's it's kind of it's kind of terrible fandom, but Mississippi State is a is a baseball school, and so they they knew what they knew. Even if they won that game, they knew that's as far as they were going. So they were already ready to just start talking baseball. Right. <laughs> to be a baseball school, I think you have to make the tournament every year. Oh, you didn't do that. They went to Omaha <laughs> three straight years before that, though. Where were they last year, Jim? I didn't see them. I, I, I've been looking. Landon Sims, Stone <laughs> Simmons, love Landon, man. No, 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 no disrespect. I'm just playing. So we got to move on to that other team where we're right. going to cuss their coach. Tennessee, Tennessee, um, raging Cajuns, baby. I think, I think Randy, the conference tournament probably could have been better. I mean, nonetheless, could have been better. Um, but you, you kind of know at that point you're going to be in the tournament, it's just a matter of where. You guys end up fall falling in the, the, the four seed spot. You're you're picking up a Louisiana and I don't know what like I just learned this today that it's just Louisiana. It's not Louisiana Lafayette. It's not any of that guy garbage. It's just University of Louisiana. I've so I've never heard anyone from Louisiana call it just that. Well, I mean We had the Cajun Ninja actually two years to the date, because well, I, I promoted his episode back out, he definitely was calling him Louisiana Lafayette, and that's his other school. Well, apparently they didn't want to be called that anymore, <laughs> and so they were told, though, that they couldn't just be University of Louisiana, so for years nobody, like, it was always like these, like, like Lafayette or Monroe or whatever, and nobody chose just University of Louisiana, but they said, screw it. We're going to do it. And I think they no. got one of the coolest mascots. I'll tell you that. Raging Cajun just sounds awesome. Oh, it's yeah. legit. Yeah, it's legit. But tell me, Randy, is are you worried about this matchup? No. I'm not worried about it because I think that for Tennessee, the one thing that they can do really well is defend. They're still the best defensive team in the country, even without Zakai Ziegler. Um, and, and that was even proven. I think Missouri hit a lot of really, really tough shots, and that's what you're going to have to do, and I don't have faith that Louisiana, whatever they are, can do that uh, well enough to beat Tennessee in a 40-minute game. So I, I don't have any worries about this one. Gotcha. So is it me, or do you got like, I feel like the Duke Blue Devils are not that damn good. You know, I thought the same thing. And I, everybody I, is is – is high on these guys because they they go out they play better and they win the ACC tournament which the ACC is just awful. down it's down but they have been playing a lot better because they were on a they were not very good in the middle part of the year but they've been playing a lot better lately yeah all that being said poor Roberts for the upset hey well if if Tennessee and Duke meet I got your boys Randy I do too, and I that do. I do too. So that sets up a uh, a big matchup, Daniel. A uh, big matchup. Give me it. 
all day. It, it may be earlier than what we w- would want it in a tournament like this, but I don't think we're going to complain if we if we get matched up. No, it'll, and I think been a while. if if you're either team and you you don't want to lose to each other because it's a rivalry, but if you make it to the Sweet 16, you can't say it was a failed year because Tennessee, I mean, they haven't made that in, in I think it's been eight or nine years. I don't think Memphis has been into a Sweet 16 since John Calipari. It's been a long time. So Sweet 16, that steps forward for either program. Absolutely. And one of you is going to the Elite Eight. And I'll just be real. I know I'm a Tennessee fan. All my ball Twitter watching this, I got Memphis, man. If we had Zakai Ziegler, different story. But I got Memphis advancing in that because of one guy and one guy only, Kendrick Davis. He's pretty good, so I so I hear. Yeah, can you imagine? And I shouldn't even say this live, but Santiago Vescovi trying to guard that cat. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. It's like when people try to guard uh, Tony Parker and he's just like dribbling, weaving in and out of traffic. Putting you on skates. (laughs) Yeah. All right, final four. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Jim, who you got in the final four? Uh, I'll find where it is on this bracket thing so I can pick it. It's Houston... There it is. It's the way this brag is. It's Houston, Memphis, Alabama, and why can't I see? I'm not struggling to see this on the CBS app. Dead gummit. Let let Randy say his. Memphis, Houston, Alabama. I'm trying to find my other one. Is it Kansas? Kansas. Yeah, that's the exact yeah. same Final Four I have. Wow. The exact same one. So uh, that is uh pretty. Pretty weird. I didn't so, think both of you guys would have the same thing. So if if that does come to fruition, those little games, those upset games, Randy, that you pick in the first round, they're going to matter a lot. A hundred percent. But that is my exact same Final Four. We don't have the same champion. I can tell you that. But we do have the same Final Four. I, I rode the whole thing out. If I lose 20 bucks because I picked Memphis to win it, I don't give a damn. Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. So just just one quick note. You said you were on CBS. The link I sent you was for ESPN. I hope. <laughs> I picked it the same on my CBS and ESPN. Okay, okay. Because Jim right. has brackets of integrity. Okay, he doesn't have different brackets. For I really me. don't. I picked it. The, I picked it the same. Me too. Like I was just looking at it because I, I can't Duke. keep track. I got Oral Roberts over Duke. That's my. Up, that was one of my upset ones. I love that because I think we can get take them boys. For sure. All right. So my final four, uh, Alabama. I got Marquette, I got Houston, and I got Gonzaga. You know, the only the three out of the four of those teams have something in common that DB loves length, baby. That's right. Gonzaga's right. the only one that's probably does not have a lot of length and athleticism. But the They're, other three that pick was strictly on just like you have veteran people that have been there. So you I think you're seeing Drew Timmy win. do what he did to Memphis, man. You're you're kind of like playing that out. Yeah, I, it's it's I can't get that out of my head. Oh, well, neither, neither can uh, any of the Memphis players. My <laughs> boy was at the rec center doing work. <laughs> All right, any any other worthy 
talking points with this this tournament before it gets underway tomorrow. Nah, yeah, man, do away the with fun. these stupid ass playing games. Yeah, it, but other than that, I was gonna say it's just. I mean, the idea that SEC baseball, which we were fixing to talk about, starts this weekend. Same time as March Madness. Does it get better with college? No, we got plenty to walk to to watch and plenty to talk about. So let's uh, you hit on it. Let's talk about it. College baseball. Um, Jim, I'll let you talk a little bit. You have your your you you always put out on Twitter. Most impressive team last week, least impressive. Um, you also added in our player of the week. Um, so I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about the impressive and least impressive. Yeah, the uh, the most impressive and least impressive uh, reside in the same state. Um, obviously, Randy has talked about how good Boston College is, but with that, there is a lot of hype behind Virginia Tech. And they were at home, and they lost two of three to Boston College um, when a lot of people expected, even with as good as Boston College, for Virginia Tech to take care of business. So um, even though they're they're a good team, that's a, that's a disappointment to me. That's, that's probably the biggest one um, because they need to win those, especially when you look at their upcoming schedule. And so then you flip it to the most impressive. Um, like I said, it's, it's in the same state. It's, uh, it's Virginia and – trying to pull it up because it wasn't even just that they uh so they they took out of three from North Carolina but in the two they won they absolutely smacked them down which has got me questioning and I said this on the Twitter space last night Randy I'll tell you I don't even know how good North Carolina is anymore (laughs) because they've done gotten their ass handed to them a couple times really well so uh, but nonetheless Virginia being the uh lower ranked team um going to North Carolina and handling business. So, and I wanted to do something outside the SEC with my picks as well. So, um, yeah, wanted to shout out uh, Virginia for taking care of business and tell Virginia Tech do better. Do better, be Virginia better, Tech VT. So you you added the in off the bench player of the week, and you you made it. You specified you wanted everybody to get their player of the week. Well, so. you're not gonna let Randy pick his most disappointing and most impressive. Well, I didn't pick either of these because I know Randy, but I know la- Randy last better. time I I got I got berated so yeah, as I'm, you should have. <laughs> well, no, Randy ended up not being here. Randy, at the end of the day, because Mississippi State ended up taking a game and Maryland got swept, that's who ended. I ended up going with. Would you not say Maryland getting swept by all three of those teams that they shouldn't have? Um, yeah. they're, they're a complete disappointment at this point. They're the most disappointing team of the season for sure. For sure. And I agree with you on North Carolina. Uh, my most impressive, I was going to say Wofford until they lost last night, just because 14 in a row is really hard to do. But I think it's Boston College for me, just because going into Knoxville, taking a midweek game, and then going, taking two out of three from Virginia Tech. I mean, just to pick somebody different, I think Boston College is that team. And also, I mean, I think I picked this on Twitter, Jim, was as Arizona. They had won, what, nine or yes, ten in a did. row? Yeah. I mean, both of those – and I'm not just saying that because they're the teams that beat Tennessee, but if people are not watching, them teams are really good to beat Tennessee. It just solidifies what you were saying. Exactly. Because you were saying that before they won those games. Yeah, don't be casual fans, uh, all these <laughs> SEC haters. Randy, would you – if if Tennessee doesn't lose uh, the two games they did, I think it was two, one or two, but they went on a tear too. Would you ever consider Tennessee to be impressive? 
if they won that many games in a row, if they won like 14 games in a row. Because I think that's what they would have tracked to do if yeah. they lost the first two and then won out up until this point. I think that you're they're a victim of their own success. The same reason I wouldn't say it about LSU because the expectations are there. The expectations for Boston College, they were picked to finish seventh in their own conference or eighth maybe. So that's why – yeah, so impressive what LSU's been doing. Absolutely impressive what Tennessee's been doing despite all of the distractions. Hell yeah. And well, and here's the thing, Randy. Th- this was brought up today talking about LSU hasn't played anybody with a pulse. But the reason why I can change it to and flip the narrative was what they did to University of New Orleans last night, right? They lost that game last year in a midweek. I remember it vividly. And instead their run rule or remember they didn't agree to a run rule, which was their which big was mistake. So dumb. And then obviously I was there for Sanford this past weekend and they did run rule them all three games. And so, yes, they are playing weaker opponents, but they're beating the living tar out of them, which is what you're supposed to do. You are. I 100% agree. I said that we both talked about that last night in the Twitter space, that if if LSU was struggling, it's a different conversation. Yeah, they be, if but they're, they're beating them five to three, then, yeah, we got a problem. They're killing them, and they're they're mixing the lineup up. It's not like, you know, Jay's like, I got to win this midweek. I'm only playing these nine. I mean, he's switching it up. He's and getting David, guys in there. Because you weren't a part of that, uh, when we talked about it on the space, uh, and you would understand this as well as anybody from a pitching coach, one of the things that Jay Johnson talked about that these run rules are, are killing him on is they haven't had to be able to use their bullpen, and he's not getting his guys the reps that he wants. Um, do you agree that obviously is is a is a former pitcher and uh pitching coach? That's a, that's an issue. Um, it can be, but they're playing seven innings. Like, what, what's he gonna do? He need he needs. But that's what I'm saying. He's, he's only got, got a starter going in. the whole way. He can at least get a bullpen guy in to get two innings of work. All right. Well, then pull your starter early and put your relief guy in. Like, no, nope. need him getting his pitches in too. Yeah, then have them go to the bullpen and finish. I, I mean, I, I, I I'm honestly, not saying there's a right answer, Daniel, but I, I mean, there's know. guys that are not getting work. Is all I'm saying. You, you, you know, I'm gonna say this. You play to win the game. Whoever's gonna win you the game, that's what you go with. Well, so what he if did? You, if you, it's it's all, just all silly. If well, you're if you're upset about not getting your relievers, well, no, in, but well, what he did, put your relievers. But, in. but what he did was he last night. He only let Chase Shores throw 50 pitches and then brought in Garrett Edwards because Garrett Edwards was the main guy he talked about did not get in this weekend like he wanted. And so he put a pitch count on Chase Shores to make sure he got Edwards in and then got Edwards out of the game. So he made sure at minimal it didn't matter if Shores, who, uh, you know, if he was throwing a no-no, he was going to come out of the game and he was going to get his other guys in. I mean, that's at this point, I think that's what you got to do, but. I mean, I think those run rules are, are out the window now. I mean, because I, I don't, I don't foresee there being a lot of run rules in SEC play. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Tennessee did that. I, I understand that Tennessee, and I'm not even saying just Tennessee in general, but Tennessee proved last year that there could definitely be run rules because they did it probably oh, yeah. what ten times, Randy. A lot, <laughs> a lot. I don't like the run rule, man. I, I understand why they're doing it for time, but if you're a team like UNO and DB, I don't know if you're aware of this, but UNO was playing in Austin tonight against Texas and declined the run rule. Come on, man. I, I know you got pride, but you got to get on a plane, go to Austin, or are they going to drive? I don't even know what the kind of situation was. 
But I'm getting out of there. I'm getting down to Sixth Street. I'm getting weird, and I'm getting ready to play tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you. So you mentioned, all right. So, so UNO. What is the biggest game on their schedule? Oh uh, well, LSU. Probably LSU. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you're if you're going anywhere like, and that's out of their conference. So like you're talking about going somewhere and saying, no, man, we're not, we're going to decline this. We're going to keep playing. Like I can see why someone would go to Texas or go to LSU or go to Tennessee out of conference and go, yeah, I know it's a midweek game, but we're going to play every inning because that's, you may not ever get a chance to go to a. And I'll tell you what, I thought the game, I I forgot his name, the starter for UNO, man, he went five innings scoreless. He actually was dealing, and then um, he let a couple on, and um, they brought in a new pitcher, and then the, the, you know, melee happened. But I got to give him his due because he walked into Alex Box and threw five shutout innings. Uh, So, shout out to the dude's name I forgot. You did well. They are, they're not bad. But if I was just saying, if I'm going to Austin, Today to play in a back to back, and I I'm I'm taking the run rule, man. I get it, I get what you're saying. You might not get it, but I'm going to play. That makes and, me want to look up the score. I need to I need to know the score now while we're sitting there talking. Y'all go ahead and move on. I'm but I'm gonna find the score now. See what if what if they won after all that? We were sitting there. We're sitting there critiquing. What if well, they did? Moving on would be the player of the week for everyone, and I'll, I'll give you mine. Dylan they're not playing Texas tonight. Who it's said not, that last night? The no, space. they're playing Texas this weekend, but they did play. Uh, no, they didn't sorry, play. The, sorry, Daniel. Play. No, they. Uh, they. I think they said this weekend. I think they said they were tra- going ahead and traveling to Texas. Is maybe what it was. Hmm. It wasn't a facts only account. Clearly, Randy. <laughs> yeah. What? Clearly not. Lounge or whoever said it. But anyway, yeah. Go go ahead. You were you were talking about the cruise missile. Go ahead. Yeah. I, Player of the week, Dylan Cruz, nine of fifteen, three homers, eight RBIs, six walks. Pretty decent freaking week. Is that good? That's real, real good. Well, really, really good. Considering on... he, he's he's batting over five hundred for the year. I mean, that's, that's well, legit. my player, and it's and it comes through with a text thread that I don't know if you were paying attention to because you you may or may not have responded. But they but they walked Dylan Cruz um uh with the bases loaded and Randy said that's that's the right thing you do. Not obviously not on purpose, but they didn't give us anything to hit. So you got Tommy White sitting behind him. Well, Tommy ends up hitting the grand slam. But of of course to Rand, to give Randy his credit, I showed the text to George Cruz and he said, Yeah, absolutely. He said I wouldn't give Dylan anything to hit either. Um, but with that, my player of the week is going to be Tommy White because we know what Dylan Cruz is going to do. Um, I understand Tommy White, there's a there's a lot of hype, but he started off the year hurt. He started off the year slow. He batted 438 on the week with three home runs, three doubles, and 14 RBIs, Daniel. And so I got to give it to him over Cruz just because at this point we come to expect it from Cruz. We still needed to see it from Tommy because he started off slow this year. So I'm going to go with another Tiger, but you can't go wrong with either of those. I mean, do you think Dylan Cruz's numbers are going to take a, a hit based on just them going, like... Well, I mean, this, he, this there's is no a way scenario, he can bat like, 500. No way. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
that's what's impressive to me is like they're it they're intentionally walking him really is what what's happening yeah, nothing not. was in the strike zone right so like when you're able to hit over 500 and people are doing that to you like that's impressive to me yeah and and, it, and it's such a problem because you you have you have trey morgan before him and then after white you you got dugas i mean like i mean it's it's, it's murders, bro yeah it's it's somebody's gonna get that ass so Randy, what about you? Who is your player of the week? Just to be different, I'm going to go with Zane Denton. Go with Zane Denton. My man was killing it at the plate this last week. In that 23-4 to game, my man had a couple bombs, doubles. My man was doing it all. Defensively, he's stepping he it up. Cycle, and didn't he? He hit for the cycle. He is coming into form. I think a lot has been made about you know him on the defensive side, but all he's done by Maui coming back has just been even better. I mean, I'm, and that's not to take anything away from anybody, but Zane's been strong. And also, I was going to say Blake Burke until he took last night off, but that guy's just not only is he mashing the ball, the dude has been had three different, like top 10 diving plays, catching holes. And I mean, catching holes, catching balls in the <laughs> hole. I mean, he's just so big, but if he can be not serviceable at first base, is all we're really looking for. But the dude's like elite. I mean, he's an athlete. Hey. But go Zane Denton, baby. Go ahead, Zane Denton. Dylan we don't, we don't. Tommy well, he's White. not an LSU fan, obviously, but kind of we look kind of biased, me and you. <laughs> LSU we definitely. Fans. Well, I was going to say Dylan Cruz because that's the right answer, but I would just wanted to throw out somebody else's name. For sure. I mean, where's our South Carolina player at, Daniel? You should have showed your bias. I mean, yeah, just kind of meh. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we talk about even though this wasn't last week and since we're not gonna really get into it, uh, you know, just Brock Will can continue in to lead the home run leaderboard with another jack today. And then uh what's his name? Tied him immediately. Cags. Those dudes Cags tied mean, him again. Dang, yeah. It. They might just do that all year long. I mean, like, at what point do you just go why are why are people pitching at us? Well, well and, the th- I, and the thing is, I was going to say, you're ready. You say do it all year long, but at least Cags is going to run into a lot tougher pitching than Brock is, though. That's true. Uh, Daniel, to answer your point, and we all know this, uh, we still are asking that about the Cardinals and why they were pitching to David Ortiz. And they just kept doing it. <laughs> I mean, just kept doing it. He, he's like, these guys serious? Yeah. Okay. Th- throw it in here. Yeah. I mean, right. you feel like it's a pride thing. You're a pitcher. You're not going to try to walk a dude. No, but. This is the I, time I wanna, I'm getting wanna, it by. I want to I want to minimize the amount of damage they can do. But, hey, I get it. Like, you want to prove that you can get the guy out. And when you do, you feel like you've done something. Bring At it. what point do you just hit him? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to, like. I'm not going to waste four pitches out of the strike zone when I could just do it in one. Speaking of speaking to hit him. So we were talking about it and it got brought up in the space last night, Daniel. So we thought uh, when we were talking about it at the box this weekend, LSU was probably the most hit team in college baseball. And they weren't, they were number three. Number one was Southeast Louisiana. And by a large margin, I don't know what uh, teams have personal with them. Them dudes have been hit 60-something times this year, Daniel. 
And last night I looked it up live on the space. They had been hit two or three times, or it was twice when I looked it up and they got hit another time. I mean, that's just a, that's like a, a mantra that you try to live by. Like, I feel like they lucked into having like the most hit by pitches in one season. And they're like, trying to get oh, hit, bro. Oh. Yeah, that ain't unlucky about that. <laughs> no, but but they're like, oh, that's us. We're like grinders. We we stand in the box and we get hit. So now it's just this. They're trying to do it. So, um, anyhow, moving on. We got some picks to make. Got a bunch of good matchups this weekend. Alabama and Florida. Um, Jim, I'll start with you, man. Who you got? Alabama, Florida. Neither three, <laughs> yeah. three tie I mean, ball game. I mean, I mean, me and Randy have talked about this. We want to, we want to be neither on this. Um, he may pick differently than me, but uh, I think Randy said this accurately too. If there's anything that I want more than anything in the world, it's to be right. And I said that Bama was going to finish last in the SEC. And so, in order for that to happen, or the SEC West, in order for that to happen, they have to lose SEC games. And so, I'm going to go with the team that I dislike the most in Florida. Randy, who you got? I'm not going to pick any different than you because Alabama is a fraud, and uh, unfortunately, I think Florida is kind of good. How long is Langford out for? Uh, I hadn't checked well, that yet, by the way. Well, they said today that it's up to him on pain tolerance, but, I mean, ruptured his testicle. We're keeping it PG here. <laughs> but they said it's pain tolerance, and that shit sounds painful, dog. So they said at least three more weeks. How did he rupture his testicle? He got hit. You know, batting or like yeah i think it yeah go look, that's Google why the hbp isn't a good thing that's why you don't want to be <laughs> yeah. hit by a pitch man. that's our mantra hit me <laughs> right in the nuts <laughs> wow what i mean that but is I, imp- I, i'm i'm impressed that the pitcher could just square them up like that but i'll tell you i'll tell you what's second most painful that i that i've seen to that man the one-off blake burke's ankle dude hitting getting hit right in the fucking ankle bone just I mean, that, that looks, he, feels, sounds, everything painful. Did he have a cup on? I have so many questions about this. <laughs> we got to get – all right, we're doing he, our first Florida guest because we got to talk he, about this. Was he Was he bunting? I'm like, about to find it and send it to you. Please do. I, I'm so curious on how this happens. But I'm I'm taking Florida. I I want to believe that Alabama is good. But I think, Jim, you and I had this conversation uh, Monday night is that this is this is the test to see if they're for real or not. Yeah. If their ranking is legitimate or not. Um, The real polls, the real rankings all had them ranked. (laughs) The IOTB three rankings did not. Right. But like that's that's where I'm at is. Are they going to be something that we look forward to or is this going to be something that is just going to be another win on someone's series schedule? so so my question I'll, I'll ask this to you daniel and then we can move to the next one if alabama was to go in there and sweep would we feel like they are for real or would we feel like florida's overhyped again that would be the question i'd have for you no whatever i, I can like do to talk bad about florida i will <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you know, Florida might have got sick or they were missing some guys. I, I, no, I, I would – I mean, I think we'd have to give them a little bit of credit. Uh, Florida's smacking the shit out of the baseball. Like, it's not like they're not a good team. So, if they went in there and they took three and they did it, you know, 
actually they didn't they wouldn't even have to do it impressively you know taking three from them uh in their home like that's that's impressive to me impressive enough to put them in the top 20 they've yeah. scrubbed it they've scrubbed it from the twitter machine yeah but he got yeah. hit by a pitch oh it's out there though it's got to be we know we know what's out there i'll have to uh, go to the dark web soon all right lsu a&m um none of us were fans of a&m and we really just said they were not going to do well this year um so i'm going to that trend going i'm gonna go lsu even though it is at a&m and i could see a scenario where a&m might win game one but i don't foresee them winning all three and i'm with you 100 for the very reason paul skeen said alex box was the only place that he'd ever played in with an environment like that right um, at Air Force. And so with that being said, current to date this season, he still has not played in that. And then we've had every player on here come and talk about Bluebell and how much they give the pitcher the business. So to your point, Daniel, Skeen's first SEC, you know, on the road performance, I mean, it, it could get dicey. I, I don't think it will, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. And it's then I'm not worried about the other two because they've been there before. Randy, who you got? I got LSU, and I talked about it last night in the space. I think LSU is much better than AM, but I also think that this is like a trap series where, you know, LSU's probably going to, you know, they're confident as they should be. And AM is looking at it like it's us against the world. They're at home, their fans are a cult. So they're probably going to come out strong. It's going to be raining and nasty, you know. So I think that that gives a, an explosive team like Ole Miss, it's a disadvantage to those guys and an ugly grind team like AM. This is right in their wheelhouse, so I think they win a game, but a series to LSU. Yeah, and and let's talk and let's talk about that as a, as a whole. When you brought up the weather, Randy, you know it's supposed to be raining in Winston Salem when I go there too, and then we talked about it being cold in Missouri. Man, the the weather, uh, Mother Nature did not do us well for the opening weekend of SEC and some big time ACC play with this crap weather. No, I agree. I actually read before we came on that Iowa is moving their game because of how cold it's going to be. Uh, into Missouri somewhere. So that's what I mean. Tennessee, their, their lows, I don't know if y'all saw it. I think Callum tweeted it out. The lows, I mean, they're like in the 20s when Tennessee plays. Friday night, it's going to be cold as hell. Yeah, and I think I'm going to end up in a double header for Wake Forest because I looked at the – for Friday, it's 100%, not 99, 100% chance of heavy rain all day. So uh, I'm preparing myself for a long Saturday. Damn. Damn. That's a long day. Little man going with you? Yeah, you know it. Man, you, tell you what, y'all gonna y'all gonna be like Chuck and his dad. Y'all gonna be at every every baseball. Park. I love it. Brock, Brock Brock has swag waiting on us and everything. And then my boy Nick, who I'm staying with, him and his son are coming. And his son is a little tyke. It will be his first uh, college baseball game. So hopefully it's it's memorable. And if they don't play on Friday, It'll be good. We'll be ducking uh, Notre Dame on St. Patrick's Day. They might have the luck of the Irish on their side. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Tennessee, Missouri. I mean, do we really got to go into this? I think I know where we all stand on this. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm calling I'm calling at least one run rule. <laughs> I agree. Agreed. Ole Miss at Vandy. Oh, man. This is actually a, a tricky one. That's tough. Um, I'm going to go 
me personally, I'm going to go Vandy, but I think if, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss went in there and won three. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if Ole Miss lost three. But I think it's probably going to be one one sided one game for one team, one sided the other game, and then a close game the third game. But I think Vandy takes two or three. I'm I'm with you. There's no even point for going deeper. I don't think either team will sweep. Uh, as Randy and me talked about the space last night. Uh, um, it's going to be about just who can hit better. Um, right now with you know the loss of Hunter Elliott, um, Grayson's still trying to find his footing. Um, you know it's not just stellar pitching, but they have been hitting well. So if they can hit well against Vandy's pitching, then I think Ole Miss could take it. But um, we'll see. Vandy's bats uh, finally woke up for a game. Randy had to make fun of them publicly on the <laughs> the space, and then next thing you know, they scored nine runs the next inning. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I was disappointed. Randy, who are you going? Are you going with Vandy, Randy? Mm, I'm changing my name. So if he doesn't am, think Ole Miss, he's going to have people after him because Ole Miss hates man, him just as much yeah. as me these days. They've really been after me, man. And that's why they keep losing midweeks to these trash teams, <laughs> as they call them. But I do have Vanderbilt winning, and I think that it's really to what you guys said. They're, they're at home, and their starting pitching has been good. I don't believe in Ole Miss's starting pitching as much as I believe in Vanderbilt. What I do believe in is the offense, but talked about it a million times. If I have to pick one or the other, give me arms over offense every single time. Yep. For sure. All right. Auburn at Arkansas. I'm taking Arkansas. Jim, I'm sure you're taking Arkansas. Randy? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They ain't got uh, no pitchers though. On pitch, yeah, on pitch, yeah. On the the, uh, the joke is that they ain't got no pitchers, but I'll take yeah. them on pitching alone. South Carolina, Georgia, give me the Cox. This is where we part ways, my friend. I'm going upset city, baby. Georgia don't, taking two out of three. Don't give me any cock, first of all. And <laughs> yeah, keep, hold, hold the cock. <laughs> but no, you really, you're really going that route. I'm going, man. I, I think Georgia is uh. Better, I don't think they're gonna be there at the end. I just think they're gonna come out and get them now. You know what? I, I picked South Carolina to finish third in the east. I just you know think what? they're gonna Daniel, come out. You could say, say F Rick Barnes now because he done did this. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna be level headed. I'm gonna take the the high road here. <laughs> mm, I'm going first. I'm going South Carolina in a sweep. Ooh. How about that? Ooh, I'm a believer. Nice. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Jim, <laughs> who it, you got? Is, this is interesting because both are actually now hot. But the is it is this interesting? It, no, it. Randy, what 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 does Kentucky won in a row? Randy, I, it's like isn't it a nine? Is it? Yeah, and, and now Mississippi State's at seven. So you actually got two teams that have got momentum coming in. Obviously, they're not the the biggest baddest uh, teams on the block, but I mean they're both feeling good about themselves. Right. I got a hot take right here. Kentucky, oh. Kentucky's gonna win the series, and they're gonna be my most impressive next week. Oh, wow, wow. Um, no, Sinjay has been pitching extremely well. So has Gartman. Um, I think Cade should be back Saturday, and definitely if that's the case, I will uh, undoubtedly take Mississippi State. But I'm taking them either way. Me too, Great. Mississippi State. Plus, I am taking, plus I am Daniel, taking we're not trying Kentucky. to get attacked on Twitter. Me and Randy no. don't want, want to deal with it. I got a, I got enough haters out there. 
Look, Mississippi State fans. Yeah, if y'all want some, come get some. But I mean, he won't respond to you. Don't but... expect a response. <laughs> hey, uh, and, and and on a Mississippi State note, man, really loved his episode. Um, I loved the highlights because it was before I started really watching Mississippi State baseball. But uh, Elijah McNamee has called it a career. So shout out to the dude who had some of the most electric moments in Mississippi State history. Shout right. out Eli. Go ahead, Eli, for sure. All right, out of SEC, Big Twelve. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. This is intriguing, but I'm going to go Texas Tech because every time I want to go with <laughs> Oklahoma State, they suck. I'll tell you this. They have, since I watched them absolutely be terrible at the college baseball showdown, they've just been nothing but awesome. So I don't they have been. It, 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 is it, you know, think about this scenario, guys. I got, I saw what I saw with my own eyes and it was trash. And I got the lost by like twenty runs to Arkansas, and and lost the uh, by like ten to Vanderbilt, and then they just done them a win everywhere. So it's like, do I see what's been happening on paper, or do I go with what my eyes saw? That I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I give me Texas Tech. Give me. I'm taking, tech. I, I'm taking Tech also because I got Tech as an Omaha team, so I got to stick to my guns. Virginia Tech, Miami. Ooh. This is Sophie's choice. This is. It's like the one team that we well that that's been not what we thought they were gonna be as of late, and then the other team that we just don't believe in ever. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm picking them though. I'm going Miami. I am, I'm gonna pick Miami too. I'm I'm picking Virginia Tech to bounce back. Okay. Well, I'd see it's a hundred percent agree that's gonna happen because I picked um against Miami last week because I went fraud you even said that on this other podcast I was on, and all they did was go in there and just beat the shit out of them and and NC State, which they're a fraud, by the way. Do you think they in their little pregame huddle they're like, you know, hey, on Twitter that Jeezy guy you see what Randy said? He said we're frauds. I know I'm not gonna lie to you at this point, I don't put anything dude. We get called on everything now, so I mean, I'm I'm careful to what I say. The difference between me and Randy is he doesn't care what anybody says. Me, I get all bent out of shape. So that's, <laughs> that's where we we, we got a dude arguing with us right now about the education in the southern states. Newsflash, what? buddy, they're all <laughs> tell me your bottom. Proud, tell me you're proud of me how I attacked Arkansas. Hey, <laughs> Daniel, that gar said, that garbage you sent me earlier. Oh man, I didn't send. I should have sent that in the group chat, but we were about to go live and I couldn't. But it is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But look, I told this man, I said, you know what? Say what you want about Mississippi and Louisiana. At least we go down the street to get our women, not down the hall. And <laughs> ended it at that. Yeah. And then you want to know why these people come at you. <laughs> but Ar- I got pretty funny. But show love to Arkansas. Well, he started attacking our. Edu- I mean, that's, started, that's he funny. He started by attacking Memphis, so he it's- went after our home, Daniel. I, I but he I called had... it. He said it was Appalachia, bro. We're in the bluff, you blubbering moron. <laughs> it's funny because it's true, Jim. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you, but <laughs> there's like no like, hey man, you're entitled to your opinion. Oh, have never. a have a great day. It's always like this venomous <laughs> remark. He was like, you know why they call it a toothbrush in Arkansas? Because y'all ain't got teeth. <laughs> Oh man. That's right. why hey look, if if anybody's listening right now and wants to be an intern 
for in off the bench and wants to run my social media account so I can stay off there and not get in trouble, by all means, come on with it. You you would probably add 10 years back onto your life. <laughs> probably. I mean, all right, Virginia at North Carolina State. Virginia. Oh, yeah. Day. I'm taking Virginia. Well, yeah. I mean, Randy right. just called NC State fraud, so I knew where he wasn't going. <laughs> Trash. Oregon State at Stanford. Ooh. What is wrong with both of these teams? That's why this one's actually hard. Neither give me good. Give me Oregon State. Y'all know what I did to Stanford this week in my rankings. Yeah. Rolled yeah. them all the way to the bottom. Man. You didn't do what I did. <laughs> he did Jim didn't even have him in he his. Just forgot about him. <laughs> he said, What? Stanford who? <laughs> but they had Tommy Troy on, and but here's the thing, he's been hurt. I don't even know how he got hurt, but he wasn't in the lineup all weekend. And I noticed that. So um that didn't help um when your best player's not in the lineup. But um I don't know, man. They they both just have not looked good. But I will I'm just gonna say Stanford because it's at Stanford. That's gonna be my only justification. I'm going the beeves. You you know, Daniel likes the cocks, I like the beeves. Hey, I picked the beef. I like what you like a lot better than Daniel does. I know that. <laughs> I'm a famous opportunist. <laughs> he did come out the closet earlier. I was discussed. about to say that, but we 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 really getting off here. All right. Arizona, UCLA. I mean, if Slick might be the best matchup of the weekend. Yeah. I I'm gonna take Arizona. They're playing well. I, mean, I am too. I, I'm going UCLA. Um uh, they're both playing well to y'all's point, but uh, I mean, you Jim, do you have them in your your Omaha eight, or is that Stanford? Uh, it's, it's not Stanford. UCLA. It's not. Yeah, it's Stanford. I feel I'm like not, you. You're, I wish you're, you could adjust. I wish you could adjust UCLA. your tweets. That's the thing about Twitter is you can't you can't lie about it. So I wish I could go like adjust to put UCLA and take Stanford out currently, and then maybe move back later. But it is what it is now. Hey. Wow. That's all you, man. Like, if you don't want it out there, don't say it. But I like picking it preseason. That's the beauty of it. Like, it's easy to pick it once everybody's got – like, for instance, the North Carolina thing. Well, now I wouldn't pick them in there, but, I mean, that's because I've seen them play. That's cheating. Oregon State is up 9 to nothing right now in the top of the seventh over Nevada. Ooh. They're taking them down. All right. That's it for picks, man. Last call. Randy, you got anything? I got nothing, man. Just a, just glad to be back. Chuck Taylor, let's go out and get us a sweep, man. Damn, Missouri. We don't give a damn about the whole state of Missouri. That's – wow. All right, at Missouri. And sorry, my parents actually live in that state. I love you guys. I love St. Louis, and that's about it. That's it. I'll stop at Lambert's every now and then. I like that place. <laughs> but that's it. Do like All right, Jim. Rolls. <laughs> Last yeah. call, Jim. What you got? I'm gonna keep it pretty simple. Derek Carr, Saints, Super Bowl. There it is. What's it gonna be like if Jameis Winston wins the starting job? <laughs> I just know that I like, it, hey, I told you last year that that dude was a decent quarterback, and I got shit for it. Now all of a sudden he's gonna lose his starting job to Jameis. He no, Taysom should be the starter, but we ain't. I'm a big Derek Carr fan. Here, here, as a human being. Here, here's here's my issue is now, of course, Michael Thomas is all in again. You know this guy, man. You want to talk about the 
It's the most wishy-washy. Uh, you know, depending on the quarterback, you know, obviously when Winston went down, all of a sudden he was hurt again. And then last year he was coming back and the Saints were like two and five. And so he wasn't coming back. And so now Derek Carr's going to be a quarterback. He's all in. Will Michael Thomas actually play? That's the question. And if he doesn't, he's going to have made like $100 million to play like eight games. To run slants in practice. Run slants in practice. Michael Thomas needs to call Devontae Adams and just be like, hey, man, how did it go this season for you? (laughs) Well, hmm. I mean, probably better than Michael Thomas's. Well, he was on the field, so yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Past two seasons. I mean, I, I feel like Michael Thomas hadn't played a down of football in four years. I mean, what he did was he gave us, like, three excellent games and made us believe that, you know, he might play and then disappeared again. That's uh, I mean, he's got the best disappearing act. But he sure loves to uh, show up on social media and talk trash. So, there's that. For sure. Maybe Michael Thomas, if he doesn't play this year, maybe I'll have him run my social media account since he loves to talk trash. I do got another last take, and I should have brought this up, and I won't. I'll be brief. John Morant. It was announced today, eight game suspension, which six games already served. He'll be back March twentieth, or he's eligible to come back March twentieth. Um, say what you want. Twenty three years old, multi millionaire, superstar. John Morant. You'll never hear this episode, but anybody that's listening, the city's behind you. The city needs you, bro. The young generation needs you to be the example. He did an interview with Jalen Rose. I think I sent it to you guys, or I tried to send it to you earlier. Uh, looks to be owning up to it. It's going to get a lot of clowning on him or whatever, but uh, we've all been there, and if we were in the social media age when we were his age, we might not be doing this podcast right now. That's that's for sure, man. I, I wanted to bring that up last call, too. Um, but, Randy, I'll ask you, man. I feel like the Grizzlies had communication with the NBA as far as what this whole – like suspension could entail prior to anything happening because they set him out immediately or they say set up, set him out. He didn't play immediately because I feel like they knew like whatever amount of time he set out, it would be, they would be able to recoup that in the suspension. I totally agree. I think they knew from the jump, and that's why Taylor Jenkins, people kept saying he's dodging the question, and he wasn't. I don't think he was allowed to talk about the suspension because it hadn't been announced yet. Right. So, hey, I, I, I'm i right there with you. Ja, you are uh, – when you got kids, and I'm not just saying like kids. I'm talking about like kids all over the world wearing Ja Morant jerseys. It's just, it's a different level, man. It's a different it's, uh, level. It's On a weird. highlight, you think I could get his shoes cheaper now? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a weird thing, guys, because you remember, I mean, it wasn't just but a few weeks ago, right? I'm on the floor of that game, and I'm sending y'all videos of him looking like the best dad in the world. And that's all this isn't saying that he's not, but, like, you know, you just see that guy, and you see that personality, and it's like, man, what an amazing dude. And then all this other stuff happens, and it's like, it's hard. It's hard for me just to see that it's the same dude. He lost yeah. his way a little bit, but I will say this: shot down Willies or whatever. I hope you go out of business, bro. Sharing them pictures, absolutely trash. Yeah, that was some. That was some garbage. Um, making a quick buck, but hey, let's end on this. We got probably the best 
two days, best four days in, in, in sports um, coming up. Guys, enjoy it. Watch a lot of basketball. Watch a lot of SEC baseball. And go Tigers. Go Vols. We'll see what happens here, man. Hey, and I just realized this, Daniel. Yes, I said that. No, no, I just realized this. I, I want them to meet. That, I that want was, them to play each other. That wasn't it. I was I was looking at who was next coming on the podcast, and I just thought about this. We we need Ole Miss to win. Uh, okay. Well, I, I need to know how to pronounce his last name. Leger. Leger? That's kind of like – that's real fancy. It is fancy. And so it would be a it would be a damn shame if they had a bad weekend and he came on here and had to talk about it. So I, I, I'm now I'm gonna stick with my Vandy pick and and just hope that I'm wrong and he's got something great to talk about. I just hope he has good grades and he doesn't tell us he can't study make hall. it for study hall. But we'll see. All right, guys, another great episode. I want to thank our man Charlie T- Taylor for joining us. If you like hearing Charlie's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's. Please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, likes, love, hugs, all of it. We'll take it. We'll be back next week. We got episode 20 coming at you where we're going to be headed out to Oxford. Like we were talking, we're going to get the skinny. And we're going to get to talk to the defending champs, just to see what's going down in Oxford with Ole Miss baseball. We got Ethan Leger joining us. It's going to be a good one, so you don't want to miss it. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.